0: Hey everyone, it's Jamie with the IGG. With the holidays quickly approaching, Heather and I wanted to let you know that we'll be taking a short break over the holidays and replaying two of our favorite episodes for you. However, the holidays look for you, no matter what you celebrate, we hope you have a great one. And we'll see you back for season two of the Intuitive Girls Guide on January 11th.
1: We made a bonus episode for you. In this episode, we are doing some real talk on self-care. Can't wait to dive into this with you. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girls Guide. So we're going to be doing a real talk episode for you guys today. These are bonus episodes that Jamie and I are going to throw in from time to time. We wanted a a place to be able to address things that we feel like are current events, that can be beneficial to everybody, but don't necessarily need a four episode um, length of time to deal with. So this is our first Real Talk episode. And Jamie, do you want to tell them what we decided to address
0: and why? Yeah. So um, this first Real Talk episode is going to be about self-care. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It actually requires that sound effect because it's become sort of this loaded phrase um, in the spiritual world, but also out there in like the whole real world too. Um, and with this ongoing pandemic, with the new school year starting, and um, that being a hot topic about school and working from home and going back out into the real world and adjusting to all this stuff, um, self-care feels like something that's very essential and crucial in this moment but there also feels like this sort of energetic backlash to that's played out that's overhyped that's oversold um so we wanted to have some real talk about what self-care really is and how it can be used absolutely and i'd
1: also like to say that this is not going to be us telling you what you should do for self-care shaming you or guilting you into it or coming at you from two people who perfectly throughout their entire lives have done <laughs> self-care. <laughs> Instead, these are this is from two people who, I guess how I would say it, Jamie, is like we're students of self-care. We're trying to learn how to do it in a healthy way constantly. I feel like a lot of our conversations are bouncing ideas off of each other about like, what might, what might be going off in my body? What might I be needing? What do you think sounds wrong here? Um, not, um, hi, we're self-care experts and here's all the stuff you're doing wrong.
0: Correct. And I feel like in this world, in this patriarchal society, um, it's completely skewed against self-care. So anytime you do something like that, it's actually sort of like this act of rebellion, um, so for you, for us to be perfectly taking care of ourselves, it's really hard to do that in this society. So even with the best intents, it's a struggle.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's such a good point because I feel like so many people, when you think about self-care, and I know this is the case for me, or at least it was for a very long time. It's something that I still have to like mentally adjust. I immediately feel guilt and shame. Like when you think of self-care, you shouldn't feel that way. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, like you're doing something wrong. I'm saying like society's conditioned you to feel a way that isn't, isn't natural. Like you were born with the intuitive ability to take care of yourself. Right.
0: Right. I mean, self-care is literally just taking care of yourself. And the fact that that triggers guilt in mostly women is really telling about where we are as a society that like that natural innate instinct (laughs) brings shame to us is, is really actually scary, but also sad.
1: Yeah. I feel like it makes, it can make me feel defensive. If somebody is telling me something like, Hey, you know what you should do for self-care or, you know, how you should eat, or, you know, how you should exercise or meditate I right. feel like even when it comes from a really good place or from a very knowledgeable person, my first instinct is defensiveness. Just yes. Like I don't, I, I have to like talk myself out of it to be open. And I think that just comes from so much outside media, societal pressure that's on women to like constantly point out that you're imperfect and somehow self-care has gotten connected to a way to, sort of punish yourself for your imperfections
0: instead of celebrate and take care of who you are. Right. Well, and that's, that's exactly the problem is that this it's being sold to us now. And so it now becomes another item on our to-do list Mm -hmm. rather than it just being something that actually helps us. I mean, maybe that's what we should talk about. So like, what's, Your Heather, what's your definition or how do you frame self care in your mind? Um, I'm really glad that you asked me this. Um, I didn't (laughs) tell you to ask me this. (laughs)
1: But um, the reason I'm really glad that you asked me this is because until recently, I don't think that I could have answered you. I think that I could have made up a bullshit answer for you that sounded like what society thinks you should say when somebody says that. (laughs) Right, 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 exactly. But I honestly don't think that I could have. I think that's how far off I was in in feeling like in alignment with that. that So now my definition is far more intuitive. And I want to talk about how intuitive self-care actually is in a minute. But to answer your question, I look at it as what am I doing to put like energy and nourishment and good stuff back into my cup? I'm a doer. I love to do stuff. And I think most women feel that way. Even if you're not a doer, I guess you're kind of forced into that role. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So I, I like to give. I like to um, put energy out there. You know me. I, know, I think I am so nosy about energy and trying to, like, adjust it in a room. Like, I, I'm always putting out that way. Mm-hmm. So it's become to me a, a sort of a question to myself where it's like, what needs to go back in the cup?
0: So that the giving can continue and continue to feel really, really good. Yeah. Yes. I want to add just quickly to that before you move on to the next point is that um I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a cool mom and I'm on TikTok. And, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard I couldn't I tried to go back and find it, but I heard um this guy on TikTok talking about self-care and he was saying that your cup should always be full. And that the energy and the love and the care that you give to everyone else in your life should be coming from the overflow of that cup. And I was like, whoa, had never, I know the whole fill your cup theory. I know that whole line, but like the fact that my cup should be overflowing was never even, like you said before, it, it feels selfish. It felt selfish. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, if I can overflow my cup and then that's that's what I give to people, that feels really beautiful.
1: Yes. I, I would love to know where it started that, and I think this is true for both genders. I think that this is true for male and female. I think it's worse for women. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to not give men a voice in this, but societally, I think women are taught to be martyrs, right? Much yeah. more than men are. Yeah. So- I want to know where it started, where as a woman, you're supposed to live half a life. Like your whole mission is supposed to be to like, take whatever is in your cup and pour it out on somebody else, not pour it into yourself. Like, I would love to know where shit went wrong (laughs) to make (laughs) that happen and to be so believable. And really what comes to mind is like, if you want to, if you want to take power away from women, especially then I would say the ability to actually run on full or overflow, like you're saying, which honestly makes so much sense. Right. Then like, let's take that away because now you're just constantly running on fumes, right? Like not
0: taking care of yourself. Right. And now that leads us to exactly where we are now, where we have to reteach ourselves how to fuel ourselves. I mean, that's what self-care really is. It's fueling your, I mean, I call it, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I sort of get my hackles raised when I hear self-care, like that's, I feel like how far it's gone. Um, So in my head, I think of it more as like energetic maintenance. Uh, That's like, it's like, it's like maintaining, I mean, I'm the daughter of a mechanic. So like, it's like maintaining the vehicle, maintaining the operating system of something. That's how I try to see it now rather than self-care. Yeah, I like that. It's one of the, one of those hijacked
1: terms. Right. So, to that same point, to that energetic maintenance point, w- will you expand on that? Like what's your what's your view of self-care? Like energetic maintenance, but like how do you how do you see doing it? How do you see dealing with it? How difficult is it for you? Like tell me a little about that.
0: So, I mean, I really struggle with self-care and energetic maintenance but I also feel like I had to rewrite it for myself that um, it's not massages and spa days and cucumbers on your eyelids like (laughs) I feel like that's how it's been sold and it can be that like don't get me wrong that's wonderful that's a wonderful way to like to maintain your energy, but I feel feel like it needs to be a lot more practical than that. I mean, for me, self-care is getting enough sleep, eating mm-hmm. foods that work in my system, um, maintaining really strong boundaries is energetic self-care for me. Um, <laughs> like that. So, but that it's like, but that doesn't sound luxurious. <laughs> like that's not, I, like I, you can't put that in a commercial. You know? right. That's hard
1: to, that's hard to like bottle up and sell to people. Right, exactly. But I think that, I think that that's a really good point as well, though, because sometimes self-care should be something like going to get a massage and having cucumbers on your eyes. Right. But if your expectation for like daily or weekly self-care involves trying to find the time to get a massage, like, unless you're one of like the real housewives, which like high five, if you are like, right. you probably don't have that ability. I don't know about you, but like, I don't think that that would be like something I could at least enjoy fitting into my into my
0: week. <laughs> exactly. Well, right. And you add in like the money of it, the scheduling of it. If you have children, then there's like the childcare, like not working around that time. So once something is on your to-do list, it is no longer self-care.
1: Oh, that's such a beautiful point. Like self-care is not a to-do item. Self care—that's nope. too ego, right? Self care is far more intuitive. Self care right. is like because even what you might have needed last week for self care could be completely different than right. next week, Absolutely. from day to day, from hour to hour. Right. Um, so I think like point one is with self care you have to rewrite your own or maybe write for the first time your own definition of self-care like that has to be the first thing and it has to be something that isn't lofty it's something that you could actually do and it needs to be less about like these are the 10 self-care things i do and more about this is how i i look at what self-care is and how
0: i address it in my life 100% 100% mm-hmm. And it's going to be a struggle, like that's going to be hard for you because you can't just sit down and, and write, this is what self-care means to me. And this is what I'm going to do for myself because you have all of these vows and and ideas and narratives that you've had written into your life since you were a child that you're going to have to look at and dig up and rewrite. Like when I first started working with you, Heather, <laughs> Self-care for me was literally putting moisturizer on myself after I took a shower. Like that's how far in like the sunken place I was, was Mm -hmm. that that for me was too much time for myself and too something. I don't know. It was too everything for me. And I had to work from there. So you can't just jump from like not feeling like you can give yourself the time to moisturize your skin to like a weekly spa date. Exactly. I feel like this is such you know that I'm passionate about this because it's
1: a part of what I do for work. But the I feel like what I want to say to every single person who happens to listen to this right now is that self-care and making time for yourself, whether that's like exercising or eating right or getting massages or drinking water or getting enough sleep, creating boundaries, whatever that looks like for you is so hard for everybody. Like it is not your fault that you're starting and failing and like trying and flailing. Like that is not your fault. You have inherited a really terrible mindset about it passed on from generation to generation. So it isn't your fault. It is however, your responsibility to change that ain't nobody going to do that for you. I know you and me both, this may be, have to be another real talk episode at some point. <laughs> we both feel very strongly about um, people selling you anything, whether mm-hmm. it's in the intuitive world or not. That's like, here, I've done the work for you. It doesn't,
0: right. It's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> it, doesn't no, it, it can't so, work. It can't
1: whatever, work. Exactly. So whatever it is, whether it's you, you want to start meditating or you <laughs> want to put moisturizer on yourself, right? Like whatever that is, you're bringing in a bunch of guilt and shame and that's stopping you from doing it because you have some story deep down in your subconscious or a vow, like you said, that's keeping you from feeling good doing it. And oh, if I- you have climb the guilt and shame mountain, every mother effing time you try to take care of yourself, you're just gonna, you're gonna opt out. That's too much work. It's too much energy to feel terrible. Right? right. So it's about going in and doing the work and going, what kind of stories have I created that makes it so I don't feel good when I take care of myself?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a lot of work. That's not just being like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take a nap every day and feel better. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? And That's
1: why a lot of people don't do it. It is a lot of work. But, and it isn't something that you get to do one time. It's something that you, you do when you do the digging and you do the big work, but you have to constantly lean into, you have to constantly deal with, like it, it doesn't, it's you and I get exasperated over this all the time. Like, oh my gosh, this stupid lesson again, like, oh,
0: (laughs) right, exactly. But, and when you talk about it being more of an intuitive exercise and, and it also changing all the time is Rather than it being a list that you make or something you feel pressured to do or to buy, it's more of like learning to tap into yourself and saying, okay, I'm exhausted or I'm really feeling snappy right now. Like, what do I need? What am I not getting? And take a look at what your day's been or your week or your month has been. I mean, we're living in a pandemic. Some people might not want to like fully get on board with that, but like it's a pandemic. Right, you know, right. and that looks really different for a lot of people and it's but no matter where you are, no matter what your life looks like, shit is upside down. Yes, yes. And that requires maintenance. Yes, there's more stress
1: on your system. Right? The pandemic with that looming with oh my god, just going on to social media for a minute. Like that constant. I wish you guys could have seen the eye roll that Jamie just gave when I said going on to social media. <laughs> I'll try to go back and screenshot it in the video version so I can post it. It was so good. Um, but that constant like stress hitting you re- makes you need more maintenance. Now that doesn't mean, oh my God, carve out eight more hours for self-care. That's not realistic for most people, but oh. it does mean tuning in more. It doesn't mean listening more, right? Like not not shaming more going like, what do I need during this time? Cause it's going to be different than what I needed when I
0: wasn't experiencing the stress. Right. And like, for me, for an example, if you want a practical, realistic example, like during this pandemic, we were, we were okay. Like we were okay in our homes, we were safe, but as empaths, as intuitive people, as any human, even if you're not realizing it, you're feeling the sort of weight of that, stress just sitting on the whole world right and but like you can't go out and do anything you can't like you're home. so for me self-care became I would just like excuse myself and go up to my room for like 20 minutes and read or take a nap or just check out for a few minutes. I would ask my husband can you can you cook dinner tonight mm-hmm. things like that like if if I told you self-care is like is not cooking dinner? someone would say to you well no of course you have to eat healthily and you have to fuel your body you have to do this you have to do that but in my life in that moment the the responsibility of like planning a meal and cooking and cleaning up after it was was a lot for me then so then if i hand that over to someone that actually becomes self care oh my gosh yes can i and, and don't think that i wasn't like I should be cooking the meals and I should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I had to re I had to walk myself through that, letting that go. Right. But that's why it's self-care. Yes. And to, to that exact point,
1: it would have been easier in the short run for you to just go cook the dinner. Yes. It would have been easier for you to ignore your intuitive feelings, you, to ignore what you needed, because it would have meant you could skip the guilt trip and the shame little session you were putting on yourself. Yes. In the long run, it would have been way worse, because then you would have been moody mommy, which I right. was just something I call myself, but I think everyone can relate to, right? Like you're not getting what you need. So every right. time someone asks you for something, it feels like it's kid's like, can you refill my water cup? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> <Right? Because laughs> I'm not taking care of myself. So it, it is worse in the long run, but that short run, you could avoid leaning into those feelings. That's hard not to pick.
0: Right. Exactly. You have to choose yourself. And it's really hard to do that when you're not taught to choose yourself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. you got to have people. And I would, I definitely like Jamie, you are my person for this, but you got to have people where you can send them a text and say like, I'm battling with myself about cooking dinner or not. And they can be like, girl, you're not cooking dinner tonight. And there's nothing wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you need yes. those extra voices because otherwise you're going to go, you're going to go down, which is right. in a blaze of glory, not to quote Bon Jovi, but there you go. <laughs>
0: How can you not quote Bon Joey? But yeah, it's, it's a lot.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. You guys know that Jamie and I love Oracle card decks. We've got a new one that we want to tell you about. It's by a company called Poppy and the Ladybug. And I'm obsessed with this deck, Jay.
0: Uh, me too. And for so many reasons, not only is it about goddesses and the corresponding essential oils, but it's a hand-drawn deck made by a mother daughter team. I mean, What's more badass than that? These cards are beautiful
1: and unique, and you need to check them out. And we even have an affiliate code for you to use to get 10% off. So use affiliate code IntuitiveGirls and get 10% off. Check out this deck. It's so awesome.
0: Yeah, so check out PoppyAndTheLadyBug.com. Use our code and and check these things out. They're awesome.
1: Let us know what you think.
0: Bye. I have a little bit of a a soapboxy thing I
1: want to say. Oh, let's hear it. Is this a good spot for my soapbox moment?
0: Every spot is a good spot for a soapbox moment.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to just say something about how, because intuition has been so hijacked by society and we're taught so many wrong things about it. It's no Mm -hmm. secret episode nine to people that I'm very passionate about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Self-care has become a fully ego activity. And so when you know something's ego, when it's based in fear, and when guilt and shame are knocking on the door, that means you are in ego, right? right. So, and you're supposed to compare yourself, right? We all know those people on social media that you look, and they just did like a seven-hour workout, ate a smoothie, and you know, four peas, and they, they have so much energy, and they feel great, and like somehow their hair and makeup is done. Like, like we all know those people, and we all... I want, I want to root for everybody, but I also have that thing in my head where I'm like, why are you holding up that standard at me? Right. So that's when you're an ego, when you're experiencing those kinds of feelings and you're looking at that person, like, how are you pulling this off? Because I was proud of myself for showering before we started recording today. Right. Like- <laughs> I put moisturizer on today. So I won.
0: I won today. <laughs>
1: So it needs to be brought back to an intuitive thing, is my point. It needs to be brought back to desire-based. So intuition's main force is desire. And I think a lot of people hear desire, and I'm going to throw to you for this because you explain this better than me. When they hear desire, they hear like a sexual connotation. And obviously there is one, but like that's not all desire means. Desire is such a powerful, especially feminine thing. Mm-hmm. also sort of hijacked right right so i don't know do you have anything to say about like the force of desire or do you feel like i've explained it well enough?
0: well i mean a desire has just been sexualized by modern culture and by patriarchy because that is a woman's great power part of the divine feminine which men and women have um Everyone has feminine energy. And that's the main part of that is intuition and desire. And that's what makes us really powerful because we can identify what we want and then go get it. And in this society, that's been shamed and sexualized so that we don't ever really know what we want and we feel bad going to get it. Yes, thank you. I knew that you would say that in such an eloquent way. So that
1: was perfect. So you have this big force of desire that you have. And again, it's not just sexual, like take take that just off the table for a minute, which I don't think you should ever take sex off the table, but just for these purposes to hear me do that. And just think of it as asking yourself constantly, what
0: do I desire? right what do I want what do I what do I need in this moment what am I longing for what would what would fill me right now
1: yes and let yourself hear that answer it's going to come you're going to hear it Mm -hmm. and then the guilt and shame parade is going to start marching down the street at you as soon as you hear it (laughs) like it's coming for you baby Mm -hmm. but just hear it for a second and start to get used to now going, okay, I accept that for an answer. It doesn't mean that you have to solve the puzzle and figure out how to make that happen or figure out exactly what self-care tool you're going to use to give yourself whatever you can feel you desire. Mm-hmm. But you can stop the guilt and shame parade really fast by just going, I acknowledge that that's what I'm desiring, right? right? But so far away from doing that, that we don't even understand when our body signals something to us what it means. Like, right. We get a headache and we just take a Tylenol and like, dude, I do too. Like I'm not shaming anyone for taking Tylenol, but we don't ask the question like, what was my body desiring or what did I miss or what do I need to give to myself to put into the cup, right? That my body is trying to tell me we're so disconnected from that intuitive process physically mentally spiritually that when you go to try to figure out what to do for self-care or what you need sometimes it sounds like crickets because you're like I don't I don't know how to tap in or I feel so guilty when I try to ask that question that
0: I just want to opt out yeah you don't even know what that voice sounds like a lot of the times like you don't even know like you hear it and it's so cut off from you that it 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 doesn't even make sense in your head like what that voice who it is or, or what it means it sounds like this like this random thought that pops in your head when really that's the voice of your intuition, the voice of your desire, trying to be like, Hey, this is what we need, but we're so conditioned to shut it off to like, keep going, keep moving. Don't stop. Don't quit. You know, juggle all the balls of your life, like multitask, get this done, get that done. That, that voice is like, it's dead to us. We don't even know what it means.
1: Right. So we can't even, we can't even hear it. Like you said, it's dead to us. And so it's, that's the first part of the struggle, right? Is even hearing, even knowing to tune in or knowing what the heck it means. Like, uh, like I've been tired for a week. Like a lot of women just accept that instead of being like, uh, what is happening in my body that I feel so tired this week. And that doesn't mean you have to do something. It just means you need to listen. Like, what am I desiring? Like, why am I tired? Like that intuitive piece of the puzzle. But then once you hear the answer, a lot of times this is where most of us fall apart. I am super guilty here. I know you were guilty here too. You mentioned this a little bit before, but now you have to sometimes ask for something. (laughs) Exactly. Now you have to say to somebody a lot of times, whether it's your kids or your spouse or a friend or a your a parent who's hell or whatever boss what whoever, right. hey, I need something and for a lot of women that myself included that is a very difficult sentence to say
0: <laughs> right to ask for something and not pepper it with apologies and thank you in advances and oh my god, I'm so sorry like to stand in that moment and just say, I need this is um, a moment that can bring a lot of people to their knees.
1: Yes. And even like you said, like you, you, one of your self-care things is to separate yourself for 20 minutes, which I got to say during a quarantine, when your family is always home, I'm, I'm in such an introvert. I know you are too. Like, Oh my God! There's people always here. Are you kidding? Right? <laughs> I love these people with all my heart, but they're always around. <laughs> right. Well, you need time. Yes, and to say to to your husband or for me to my kids, I need about 20 minutes where mm-hmm. you don't come bother me unless somebody's like bleeding or uh, unconscious. Right. Uh, and then I will come down like that can be a difficult thing to ask for, because then you start to feel like the world's worst mom,
0: right <laughs> and I don't think that's just that's
1: just motherhood.
0: I think that's everywhere, right. Well, and I think that maybe the first time you do that, it's going to be miserable, and you're going to feel bad the whole time, and then the second time you do it, it gets easier, and you start to reap the rewards of that. But we have to recondition ourselves to accepting that type of a break, no matter what it is, no matter, no matter what it is, you have to allow yourself to take that.
1: You have to, you have to face that sort of monster that you're trying not to look at that follows you around everywhere that is guilt and shaming you, right? Like you have to sort of turn and have a conversation with it, which is difficult. But like you said, it's hard the first time, hard the second time, but it gets easier. It it loses its power when you can lean into it. You know, like when you can hear your own bullshit stories and you're, you're just like, for me, I'm just like, Oh, this, this story again, really? We're this, we've been telling ourselves this since we were about 14. Like we're still going with this shit story about ourselves. Like that helps take away some of the power. So it really does get easier. And you don't have to, you know, climb the mountain every single time with it. But if you can understand it and start to work on like what's below the surface, I think it makes a big difference.
0: Right. And that's why boundaries really come into play. And why I said boundaries are self care for me, because once you start asking for those moments and those breaks or time to do whatever it is that is self care for you, then people start to expect that and then it becomes a boundary and then it be and then it becomes easier to ask because people expect it if you're this like selfless martyr person who never takes and is always giving it's a shock to people's system when you actually need something people don't know what to do and it kind of like upends their life a little bit because it's such a steady for them Mm -hmm. but can start to ask and you start to expect that and you demand that for yourself people know to give that to you and then then it's not a big deal then that boundary is solid and then and then it's then you're safe there in that self-care yes and I think one of the hardest um
1: things to like create those boundaries around is Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just about creating a boundary because someone is mean to you. No, right? right. It's about I think those are actually easier than creating the boundaries of, like, I need you to have a better response when I say this. Or I need you to help support me in having 20 minutes or <laughs> to myself. Like, do you know right. what I mean
0: by that? It isn't
1: always the big ones that are so hard to create. It's those small ones that you're like, well, this isn't life or death. <laughs> right? Like, right. this is me just trying to thrive. Like that's really hard to set those. But once you do, I mean, boundaries are basically just teaching people how to treat you. Right. So once people have like adjusted, it's not so
0: bad. Yeah. And you also, it's also sort of like, (laughs) it's, it comes from a place of ego to assume that people can't survive without you for 20 minutes. (laughs) And And, like, and that actually might be true to start. They might actually not know how to survive without you. But then once they do, then you're allowing people to feel like they're contributing and helping you. That actually makes other people feel better. That empowers other people. So not only are you taking these 20 minutes or an hour or whatever, or this day to yourself, you can take a whole day for self-care. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. But take, when a you, week. take a Take yeah, a month. Right. <laughs> When you take that time for self-care and you hold the boundary and other people are allowed to like, give you that space, you're empowering them. Then they can see you do it and then they can take their own. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's just
1: setting a good example. Like right. culturally right now, there's this weird competition amongst women and I see it really clearly amongst moms. So mm-hmm. I I'm guessing it's everywhere, but I, Obviously, most of the people I'm around are moms, but it's, like, this competition for who is the most selfless. Like, I see this happening at, like, remember back when kids rode buses and stuff or, like, you you drew drop-offs and you actually saw other humans? Remember that? I don't know if you do.
0: I vaguely remember that.
1: (laughs) Back then, I would hear moms talking to each other and sometimes talking to me in ways that were, like, I haven't showered in a week or – Oh, I have, oh, you're going on vacation. I haven't done, I haven't been able to go on vacation. It must be nice. Like there's this weird, right. like I'm the most selfless and let me shame you for taking care of yourself Exactly. in our culture. That is so super gross. Like stand there and be like, if somebody tells you that they took, like they're going to take a vacation or that they took a whole day where they just read or something like you sh- don't be like, must be nice. Like remove that shit from your vocabulary. Now, instead you exactly. like. <gasps> good for you. That's amazing. How'd you do it? What'd you do? Tell me your secrets. Like, oh my God, that's, so, I'm so excited for you. And then we can just cheer each other on in it instead of doing that stupid shame shit. Like we are, we're shaming ourselves enough. We don't need outside people doing yeah. it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that comes from a place of not feeling powerful enough to take it yourself. So then you shame that person rather than being like, why can't I do that? How come I can't take that time? Exactly. It's easier to do that than it is to do the work of, of introspection and, and figuring out why you can't do that for yourself. That's oh, the hard work. That is the
1: hard work. It is very easy to like, let me, let me make you be pushed down a little bit instead. Right. Distract myself from the fact that I can't do what you did and that triggers something in me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What do you think, because I have an answer to this question but that I'd like to say, but I want to know with you first, like, what is your element of taking care of yourself in your life? That is the hardest struggle for you. Like what area is like the hardest for you to take care of yourself?
0: Um, for me, it's food and it's, um, it's my body. Yeah. Same. I've got, I've done so much work with self care and my time, um, my energy levels, Um, But managing the food that's in my body and the way I move my body is my biggest struggle.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. That's also mine. Mine, to be even more specific to that point, um, I used to use eating and exercise, which are the way that I eat and the way in exercising are two things that are um, self-care that works really good for me. Like I'm not saying that the only self-care I want to talk about is like how you eat and how you exercise. There's so much more to it than that. I don't mean to make it small. Um, But for me, eating and exercising were forms of abuse to myself. Right. They were ways that I hurt myself and punished myself for not being good enough. Right. So then to have to flip the script and have to go, how do I make these things be ways that I love myself that I nourish and take care of myself is still something that I wrestle with all the time. Like it is not an easy flip, you know, like with meditating, I never had, I didn't like ever meditate to punish myself. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't ever something that I did. Like maybe I did it because I felt like I should sometimes because I actually felt the intuitive pull to do it. Um, But like I can, I can enter that arena. I can do that. I can do other, you know, sort of self-care things where I feel like, okay, I'm just creating the space for it in my life. But for, for food and for exercise, it's, I have to pull myself out of a a very destructive place to try to enter into a very
0: positive nourishing place. And that is really hard. Well, because you're doing double work. You're not just, you're not just, taking these issues with food and exercise and getting rid of them, you're keeping them, but then using them for good instead of evil. Right. So that's like, you're not just undoing something, you're rewriting it and then always using it. And, and that takes a lot of, a lot of work.
1: Yes. And I, I'm sharing it not because I like, I love to talk about it. Cause I, I honestly, like, I don't mind talking about it, but it's not like my number one favorite conversation, Absolutely. but I'm sharing this because I think a lot of women are like us and this category is their hardest. Right. And it's hard to feel like you're doing a great job caring for yourself. Even if you're doing like so many other things, if when you go to feed your body, and like move your body in the way it needs to be moved for you to feel healthy, when you go to do those things, you have to pull yourself from a former place of like really tough destruction and bad, you know, I I went really down that hole really far. But even if you just kind of grew up conditioned with a little bit of negativity there it's still a fight so I want to acknowledge that it isn't just easy like if you're sitting there shaming yourself because you're not exercising daily and that like you're not eating perfectly or whatever I just want to first of all I want to give you a hug but second of all I just want to say like it's so difficult like you have been not only have you been taught by society and conditioned to this, you've probably seen the generations of women before you doing it. And there isn't a lot of great examples out there as to how to like intuitively fix that because it's not a one size fits all the right way to eat and exercise for me is not the same as anybody else. Like it's a unique thing. So it's a, this element in particular, I feel like people kind of give up on all self care Because of this, this like central element to it, which may be, I mean, I think if you're not able to eat right, and you're not able to move your body in the way that it wants to move, whatever that looks like, I think the other pieces of self care almost don't stick. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. Because that's such a strong foundation of how our body works and how our energy works. And if we can't settle that, then all the other stuff we add on top isn't isn't going to stick yes so my big point to that speech
1: (laughs) is like do yourself a favor and let yourself off the hook a little bit but along with your self-care I don't think you need to wait to start doing self-care start to do the work on your own stories and your own things that you notice like when you go to take care of yourself what is the the story that you're coming up with or what is it that is hard for you to do like where do you fall apart right like Where is it that you have to really battle a guilt and shame monster? Like where, what category, what's triggering it? Like first just pay attention and catch it and then do yourself a favor and do that work at the same time. I feel like there's a lot of um, people in the health and wellness industry who have great programs and wonderful items that they can sell to you, but there's this missing element where they're not letting you know that in order for this to work you got
0: to you got to work on your stuff like you've got to adjust it yes so that's what i was i was going to say i feel like you and i could have used this episode as a, a pitch for ourselves right like we both <laughs> offer services that are would be deemed as self care right but it it's not about selling something can could like one of your sessions or one of my sessions we both do different things but mm-hmm. could could they help people in their self-care a million percent Mm -hmm. and should you be doing energetic maintenance should you be getting energy work every week or month yes should you be doing like coaching sessions and digging deep like what you do heather yes that's all self-care but you can't just do that and then walk away exactly so like what we're talking about today is once you do the work to figure out what your body needs and why you're so resistant to it, then filling those gaps of what you actually need for self-care, they'll just fill in themselves. Mm-hmm. You'll know to get a Reiki session with me. People will know to do a session with you. You'll know to go get acupuncture. You'll know to go get a massage or to go take a nap or to get a book from the library. You'll know all that once you can start to like find those sticky, resistant points. Yes, once that story
1: isn't so loud as to why... Listen, it all boils down to being unsafe in some way. Every, spoiler alert, that's part of the work that I do. I don't make it a secret. You have a story that says it's unsafe to take care of yourself. If you're a woman, you have about a thousand times more stories than everybody else. Like right. you have those. And, and to your exact point, If you can do the work on that story and shift that story and not have to deal with that mother effing story every time or deal with it in a smaller way, then the knowing and hearing the voice of what you need and going out and finding it and even trying it. Was that what I needed? Did I actually like that? Or did I feel like I need like tuning into all of that? Is that what I need this week? Right. Like that becomes so much easier. You clear sort of the path for that and then you're not dealing with that sort of cloudiness that comes
0: with that that guilt and shame and that not knowing what to do right right because if you just decide oh i'm gonna do yoga every day for this self-care routine right to fill my cup and then you start doing it that might not be what your body needs right like, if you don't know what your body needs and you just slam yourself into this routine, it's not going to work and it's going to start to feel like a really big burden. Exactly. And if you take that, if you're trying to do, if you want to do yoga
1: every day, because like intuitively something about that appeals to you and the universe keeps showing you signs, like everywhere you go, there's something about yoga, then say to yourself, I'm going to try yoga every day this week and see how that feels and then decide what to do.
0: That little switch of, of language is everything. Because then it can't, it can't be a failure. If you say, I'm going to do a 30 day yoga challenge, you get to day 10 and you hate it and you stop, then it's a failure. Not only did the self-care not work, it didn't fill your cup, but now you're beating yourself up about failing.
1: And now it's just so much harder. So much
0: harder. Yeah. The of that language is like, I'm going to try this and see how it feels. And then you can be like, that's not what I need, and then it's not a success or a failure. It's just a recalibration. Oh, I love that. I love what you said. Put that on a T-shirt. It's not a <laughs> success or failure. It's
1: recalibration. Yes, 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 yes. That's so true. And using that same that same thought process and applying it to Reiki. I'm not. We're not selling our services here, but we are in the self care industry. So I want to use Reiki as an example, Jay, because I know you see this. So if somebody comes in to you for a Reiki session and you, you clear, clear out the gunk, you tell them, I know, you I know you, you share with people if they want to know, like what their chakras were blocked or what's going on energetically with them. And then they just go, okay, I'll, I'm going to come back next week at this time. And, and they don't do any work to like figure out why, or like take any active role into keeping everything clear And like back into balance, they're just going to show up next week, the same way they were before. It isn't, and it's not that like, oh, Reiki should do that. No, you, you are creating your own stuff. So you have to step in at that same time and go, why is my throat chakra always a mess? Like,
0: exactly. Yes. Right. So, and we'll talk about this actually in the next topic for the podcast. This is a nice segue. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) we'll be talking about energy and we'll be spending some time on the chakras, but like your body's always trying to tell you something. So yeah, an energy healer, myself or anyone else, and there's a million energy healing modalities. It doesn't have to be Reiki, but like a million different ways you can go in and clear your energy. If you always have a blocked throat chakra, yes, I can clear that for you like that super quick, but if we're not healing the actual issues that are coming up in our life, then that's always going to be a problem. And then you're always going to be dependent on me. Mm -hmm. I want you dependent on me to survive. You know what I mean? I have enough people that need me to survive. (laughs) I want to help you as healers. Like healers should want to help you, to teach you, to show you the way to heal yourself. And I'm happy to help you with that. But you got to do the work and figuring out why this is an issue and why you need this energy healing.
1: And that is the difference between I don't want to say like a good healer and a bad healer, but a healer that's going to actually help you right. as opposed to someone who's just trying to rope you in
0: to coming for you know x amount of sessions by right, buying more, buy more sessions, but and keeping you on the hook about it. Yeah, I don't exactly. Right, I know exactly. both
1: you and I, our goals are always for people to not need us for the majority of the time and then come find us when they do need us. Cause there's enough in life that's going to happen to everybody right. that are going to come back when they, like, we both actually want that. And we're both blessed enough to be busy enough to like, that's fine. That's plenty, right. but just look for that with people and, and look for that in yourself. Like know. These people who are, are in the health and wellness business are healers who, who maybe sell self-care in some way. Is their messaging sort of trying to help me figure this out and do this differently? Like, are they trying to help me heal myself or
0: are they trying to say they're healing me? Because that is a big difference. Right. Are they selling themselves? Like, that's the thing. Like, if it's, if it's about all about them, then it can't be about you. Ooh, exactly. I love that. You said so many good (laughs) slogans for T-shirts today. (laughs) Check our merch shop after the episode. (laughs) I love that. So,
1: what is your what is your favorite small
0: self-care thing to do for yourself? Um, coffee. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. back pre-pandemic, for me it was always like going out and getting a coffee. And I have a very lovely coffee machine here. um, And I make myself coffee. But for me, there was something about, I couldn't figure out why I always wanted to go get a coffee. And I realized because it would always be in Boston, which is if you know anything about me, that's my (laughs) most favorite place. Um, And I'm always in there all the time with my kids. So but I would always intuitively without realizing it, I would carve out like 15 minutes. So I could park walk to that coffee shop, then get the coffee and then walk back to my car. So what I realized was it wasn't actually about the coffee. I mean, it was delicious, but it was about really about like being in a place that felt really energetically safe and happy and, and home. Like for me, I was putting myself there to ground myself and and to raise my vibration without even realizing it.
1: Yeah. And you know, what I love about that is that you can't say that you stopped to get a coffee for anybody else.
0: No. Exactly. It doesn't benefit
1: anybody else but you. And so right. it's this one place that you can give yourself permission to do it that you found a way and it like it's something for you. And it doesn't have to be coffee, right? It's my uh-huh. coffee is mine too. Also no secret that my husband owns a coffee shop. So like obviously Right, the best one around, by the way. I'll yeah. Not for that you. we're
0: I'll biased yeah. or you, you won't
1: okay. restoration <laughs> coffee. Um,
0: but if
1: that like if that's the thing that like feeds you and gives you that little break, that's
0: self-care. And that's awesome right. self-care. Do it more. Yeah, and, and don't get it twisted. Like people will try to shame me for that. They'll be like, Do you you have a you have an amazing espresso machine at home? Why do you have to spend four dollars a day? And I'm like, listen, buddy. At first, yeah. I did feel guilty, but then I was like, four bucks a day—that's too much for me. Like, I, like, like I'm not worth that. That's no, ridiculous. I am worth that. I'll buy 50 coffees a day, and it'll still be my worth. You know what I mean? Like, but those are the little places where we start to shame each other and we start to shame ourselves, like about, um, like scarcity and lack and money and and like, how do you have time for that? How do you have the money for that? Ugh, it's gross. But I can. I can. I'm worth the the time that I take out to walk and get that coffee. And I'm worth the four bucks for the coffee. You're worth so much more than that, baby. But I'm
1: glad that you make that time for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My other little thing to this that I just want to add is that um, when I can, moving slowly in the morning, meaning like not getting myself moving really quick and out the door and, you know, exercise. Yep and done by you know 7 a.m or something like just having the morning just sort of go where it needs to and I usually have a time where I'm like all right I gotta get myself together by this time but just allowing myself a slow morning is a form of self-care for me so right. it's not that's have to be hard. Gigantic. that's hard for you isn't it yes. going slow like that as a doer yeah it is hard for me but I'm also a born whatever you call a, not a morning person. I am not, I get up early getting up is fine. But like that, once I get going, I go and like getting myself from the point of like waking up, I think I was just traveling to different universes. Like I'm still groggy. I don't know what my name is, what day it is, what planet I'm mm-hmm. on. So like to force myself into moving quickly and not just like sipping my coffee and maybe sitting outside or like, I don't know, wasting time on my phone. So like, I used to feel guilty for that. Like, my god i own my own business i should get up and i should do 800 things before 8am i would do that and it would feel so terrible so to just go you have permission to start
0: slow to me is such good self care i mean you just said that that's how your body naturally works right so to like resist that it it, it can't be good for you it's only self care to listen to the the rhythms and the flows of your body but we're taught that we have to go 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 yes Exactly.
1: So self-care can be anything, whether it's putting moisturizer on yourself after you get out of the shower, whether right. it's learning to not shame yourself or fear, feel like, you know, eating and exercise is a form of, of punishment yeah. and it's instead eat. of nourishment, right. getting a coffee, going yep. slow in the morning when you can, whatever it is, setting a boundary that is all self-care because it is you going, what do I need? And if you can do that and you can hear the answer and you can do it, you're awesome because that's hard to do. So give yourself so much credit
0: for that. Right. And go easy on yourself. You're not going to get it right every time. You're going to be frazzled. You're going you're to be overspent sometimes.
1: Yes. And rather
0: than beating yourself up about it, it's a place to go, all right, this is the self-care that I missed and and this is what I'm going to work towards next time. Like this was where I, where I, I lost it. And I'm going to, I'm going to get it back next time. Not like I'm the worst. I can't, I can't ever feel right. I never have enough energy. Like you can just rewrite it as you go. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're going to fall off
1: the wagon. You're going to right. be like meditating every day and exercising every day. And just like, feeding your body exactly what it wants and sleeping well and whatever you need. And then something's nice. going to upset your world. My gosh, is there plenty of stuff going on to upset your world and right. you're going to stop. And instead of going like, Oh, I suck. Just be like, Oh, I, I can start to tune back into myself and figure out what I need again. I'm, right. I'm where it's happened. Let me ease myself back in and do it how I need it instead of like, Oh my God, I suck. And let me like whip myself back into
0: shape. Like that's not helpful. Right. Or what a lot of people do is they say, I suck. And then they give up everything entirely Yes. because that it's actually easier. It's easier than than figuring out where it went wrong and and working on it again. It's it's easier and safer to quit short term in the short term. It's easier and safer.
1: Absolutely. In that moment of battle to just choose a distraction instead of dealing with all of the stuff your your whole being is trying to tell you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Way the moment yeah but it won't go away
0: (laughs) give yourself some grace it's still a pandemic we're still we're still muddling through this and figuring it out so just give yourself some grace grace and
1: space and address your stuff and then whatever take the shame and the guilt and just like I was going to say, check it at the door, but do yourself one better and recognize it and listen to it and see what the the shitty story it's telling you, because if it's working, part of you believes it, right? There's something there. So check in and work there. And remember, your worth has nothing to do with how well you martyr yourself. Like enough of the, oh, I want, she was such a selfless woman or she's so selfless. She just gives everybody. Let's stop celebrating that shit enough. Oh, my God. She has such a strong sense of self. That's so awesome because she knows how to take care of herself. And then that makes so she takes good care of other people. Like, I want more movies and TV shows where their
0: women heroes are that not like I've given everything for everybody else. Or like write a Mother's Day card that's like, thanks for being such a great role model of balance of a balanced life. Not like you've (laughs) literally given your life to everyone but yourself. Happy Mother's
1: Day. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. You almost died. <laughs> by but giving it all of us, and we appreciate it. Yeah, like enough. Be like, thanks for setting an example right. of how to take care of yourself. Like, be that should be the wording. Like, right. can we call Hallmark or somebody
0: and be like, change the fucking cards? <laughs> yeah, we could try. We'll just make our own line because they won't listen. <laughs> yeah, that will be in our merch store too. Mother's
1: <laughs> <Christmas>. <laughs> we need a merch store. Clearly, I mean, we don't have one. I can't imagine we have time to make one. But my God, I mean, we're just coming up with this stuff.
0: Oh, I like right. this real talk episode, Heather. I liked it.
1: So fun. I mean, it just feels like how you and I talk to each other, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Is there any other points you want to make about good old self care, Jay? No, I think we hit it for the most part. I think we may have uh, rattled some people. So let them sit with it and then uh, let us know. And the, you know, go to slash intuitive girls. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Let, let us know what you're
1: feeling, what your trouble spots are with self care. Yeah. What resonated right. with you? What pissed you off? We are very used to pissing people off, so that doesn't really bother us at all. So uh, feel free. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jay. I-, I hope you go do something awesome for yourself
0: today. I'm going to go take a nap. No. <laughs> another cup of coffee. <laughs> I'll do both. Okay. Sounds good. I'll talk right. to you soon. Bye.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash
0: intuitive girls.